Hey, welcome to Sanctuary First Weekly Review. It's Friday night again, and uh, we're all together again. We're all together again. We're here, we're here. As I said to my, children, my grandchildren, we're all together again. We're here, we're here. And who knows when we'll be all together again, singing all together again. We're here, we're here. What do you know? made up yourself, Albert. I'll, I'll yeah. give you credit on that one. That, that's <laughs> all yours. Is, that's is, all on you. Is he in Jimison here? In Jimison, <laughs> how are you doing? And Jonathan Fleming, great to have me, Matt Hickman's with us tonight. Uh, going to be, we're going to be talking about uh, his latest uh, song release called Retro, and that's going to be interesting to have a chat about that and his, his, his life in the music world in Scotland and where that's taking him. That would be good to have a good conversation about the arts in Scotland as well. And also we're going to be talking about some of the issues that are around in the news relating to racism and all that goes with that. So we're going to have quite an evening tonight. Awesome. So, hi guys. So, what's the week been like for you? Mm, I feel as if it's been a bit of a kind of, I feel that like I've been waiting quite a lot. I've needed patience this week. I thought I was going to get my results back um, from uni. I thought, oh, this is it. It was, cause it was about this time last year. So, me and my friend had thought, oh, that's it. It's, it's Friday. It's going to be Friday. But I kept looking all week. But yesterday they said that it was going to be Monday. Monday when we're going to get our, our results back. Well, listen, so, tell me, do they put? See, <laughs> listen, hey, Laura, to get your results, do you have to go and look up? Do you, do you get have to go to the board to see them? Oh no, not anymore, not anymore. Oh, <laughs> well, that was brilliant. We used to go when it, when it was go, you had to go to the board, and you know, there's one or two people we just love to wind up. And there was one or two guys I know who said, oh, I can't go, I can't look. Could you go and look for me? And, and I don't know, one guy went and looked and this guy had got a first, but they couldn't bring him, to, couldn't, they couldn't bear to tell him he'd got a first. <laughs> so they came back and they said, oh, well, I mean, if you want to go and have a look, it's up to you, but you know. <laughs> right, no, I'll just get an email. I'll get an email on Monday, so I need patience. Uh, but, there you go. But I, I won't. I, I won't. I'm not expecting a first. Like definitely not. I'm just expecting to pass. So I'll be quite happy. <laughs> but yes. Well, you might be surprised. You might be surprised. Mm -hmm. You never know. Yeah. I've been. I've been talking about you know the uh, the, the, the 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 bright the bright intelligent uh, member of of Sanctuary First that's uh, just finishing. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, real oh, I'm thinking about transfer fees as well, Laura, for you, because I mean, <laughs> coming through, when you, when you get up, you know, and you start going for looking for your charge, I'm telling you, transfer yeah. fees involved here, coming out of the sanctuary I, first. I, I, oh, oh my. speak to my agent, Albert Bogle. <laughs> You've been playing too much FIFA, Albert, on your <laughs> This is oh, the of Scotland. Uh, well, maybe it looked more like the Church of Scotland FIFA and nobody in the pews. <laughs> anyway, so what's life been like for you, Ian? What have you been doing? It's it's been a busy enough week, to be honest. I, I mean, it's kind of gone back to pre, you know, before the before the big lockdown levels. There, there's really the, the same number of things that we get called about, we now get called about. It's just we can't see it all. Folk just cannot get it into their heads that, uh, you know, coming to a GP surgery is a bad idea uh, because so many people pass through our doors all the time. It's not like a shop. Um, the people that come our way are generally unwell with something and COVID yes. is such a broad church that you never know that what somebody attends with is not COVID related. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think we have to be sounding more and more like the bad guys uh, saying, look, have you really, really thought about this? Um, before people come in. But at the same time, we need to recognise that there's an awful lot of people out there who 
uh, have kind of come to the end of their rope mentally and sometimes physically. Um, and, you know, they look to us to, um, you know, direct them in the right way or make them better or talk about their symptoms or allay their fears. And there's a huge tsunami uh, out there. I mean, it's huge uh, of a medical need that's just been kept at bay. Um, some of it was legitimately ours, I think, but equally some of it we're finding really was legitimately should have lain elsewhere in the first place and never should have come our way. Um, so we're, we're kind of hoping that, um, that as we reach a new normal, there's a more sensible use of the healthcare services that we're able to provide. Um, that, that would be my, certainly my fervent hope. So that's been my, my week. It's been, okay. it's been very busy. Um, so yeah, that's been me. Jonathan, what's what, what's the week like for you in Parish? Are you is it is it quite different under under lockdown, or are you you yes. you're not it, going visiting in homes and things like that at the moment? Obviously, no, ab absolutely not. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's been one of the that's been one of the interesting things about <clears throat> this time of lockdown. It's there's been a lot of reflecting. No, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on what um, is going to be happening in the new normal? What things are we going to be able to return to? What things are we going to be leaving behind? What things have we created in the midst of lockdown? And what are we hoping to carry forward into this new normal? For example, I've loved being able to do so much of, my, of the, the online worship, having online cafe church, all these different things. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and these things are going to be part of how we move forward as a church. Um, but also I'm very conscious that the um, obviously that's the second version of the returning to church document that's come out you know with the all the different bits and bobs you know think trivial things like taking the pew cushions out and you know printed orders of service and bibles and it's just that there's been a bit of an information overload over the last mm. week or so and i think that and that's 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 draining and on top of that Obviously, as you know, I'm a link charge, I'm Cumbria and Lags, and um, I, I convened the, 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 Mil the Millport support group. So I'm, I'm chairing a group looking after 45 volunteers who are servicing the entire island just now. So there's three meetings of that a week, and they're starting to see, as Ian was saying, you know, things are starting to return. And obviously, there's all of the tensions with people saying, you know, what about the second homeowners? What about the people who have got family mm. in the island? You know, and, and, and all the tensions between the fact that the, cat, the ferry timetable can't accommodate, um, it just can't because of logistics, it can't accommodate a summer timetable. And that is going to have a huge, a huge impact, impact in the businesses. And then there's all the tensions that come with that. So tensions are quite high just now, even though there is also the huge sigh of relief from some people saying, finally, I can see my loved ones for the first time. You know, there are people who are able to see each other for the first time in 12, 13 weeks. And so there's a whole mix of emotions and you're trying to sort of be a presence amongst all of that, as well as trying to, in the background, going, somehow I'm going to have to get the church building opened. Uh, and Matt, Matt, what about you? I mean, I'm thinking about you in, in the whole music business and, yeah. you know, how you earn your living by going gigging and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what's a, what's a week like for you in, 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 in your world now? Uh, it's been, you know, it's been all right. Lockdown's been... Uh, non-stop for me. I obviously write for a lot of people, so uh, I'm still able to do that over Zoom. That's a, the joy of technology, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, we'll do some writing that way. And we, we're in the middle of doing pre-production for the second record, so again, we're, we can do that from home. Uh, we can do the writing, do the production, at least demo form. And uh, I know uh, with my team, produce all of our own videos, so uh, we're doing pre-production for the next video and that takes a lot of planning, a lot of time. So, yeah, my, my, my weeks are kind of spent on Zoom, to be honest. <laughs> That's my new life, it's just Zoom meetings. So. Um, yeah. And how do you get, how do you, have you come across a, or have you mastered how you can get music to sound good on Zoom? Oof, no, no way. <laughs> it's not good. But I, I, don't, I don't actually use Zoom for writing anymore because too, there's too much lag. I, I tend to use uh, FaceTime or WhatsApp chat. Uh, right. And then we'll get the bones of the song done and we'll just send it back and forth after that. So, But like I, I deal with a lot of the business for Brown Bear. Um, so I, like, you know, I had the band were talking to me this week about, oh, we feel a bit uninspired and it's kind of, it's tough sometimes because for the weeks I might have with them doing creative, I'm going to be away for a week doing all the 
the necessary business meetings and stuff like that. So that's the joys of modern artists. You know, it's not the the days of having management and agents and all that. They're they're long gone for a lot of people. So. But you know, the good thing about that, Matt, is that you get less chance of getting ripped off, haven't you? Because yeah, you're totally. getting to know about the you're into the nitty gritty of what 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 your work's about. Totally. But then it's the bad part is I have to account to myself. <laughs> but I've, got, I've got to actually be honest about accounts and all that. So I'm, I'm the one getting criticised instead of me kidding on someone steal my money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a pity that, isn't it? I, yeah. You always need somebody to blame, don't you? Yeah, you know? everyone needs a scapegoat. Yeah. That's how it goes. Everybody needs somebody. I mean, ministers love to blame a session clerk, you know, or, <laughs> or blame the organist, you know. Oh, my organist, you know. Yeah, You're in careful, terri- dangerous territory there of being <laughs> muted with offences against the office of session clerk. Oh. It's a heinous offence. Oh, no, there he goes, there he goes. Absolutely. <laughs> right, well, there's session clerk. Because I don't, I don't have a session clerk anymore, you know. Jammy squad. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. So, so there we go. It's interesting life. Um, just looking at some of the writings this week. Any, any, anybody want to kind of comment on some of the stuff that, that uh, Jonathan's been come up with this week uh, on this whole theme of of casting, casting the net. Yeah, I, I, I had. Um... I, I like the one, I think it was even today, I think it might have been today, was the thing about knowing when to stop. Oh, yeah, I like that. I really found that really interesting because it was how much, how prepared are we to be sent out and how much baggage would we insist in taking with us? Do you know what I mean? It's that whole thing about, you know, if God or something happens in your life and you need to make a change, like you need to make a change, and you just need to walk and leave and go somewhere. You know, it's that whole idea of what can't you leave behind? Do you know what I mean? How 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 ready are you just to say, you know, I've 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 been given either a vision or a or a or a mission or a purpose. How ready am I just to walk away from all the comforts of home, all the you know, all the things I've that make me think of myself as myself. Do you know what I mean? How, how ready would I be just to leave? There's a brilliant, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie called Heat. There's a movie, have you ever seen the movie called Heat? Probably most folk who are watching this podcast wouldn't have seen the movie Heat. But in the movie Heat, it's two criminals and they're meeting across a table. And one criminal says to the other criminal, he says, you know, the thing is, he says, never have anything in your life that you can't let go within 45 minutes. He said, if you really want to be a successful criminal, never, never have a... <laughs> This is maybe not the best analogy. As I'm telling it, I'm thinking, maybe not the best thing to tell, but I'm going to continue anyway, because that's how we're all in sanctuary for completely the day. But, but what he basically says is, he says, don't have permanency in your life. And the way that that's portrayed in the movie is as a kind of sad thing, a bad thing. You kind of feel for them. You think your life is no permanence. You get no meaning. Um, but in actual fact, what the passage says, what you were saying, Jonathan, I think, is that if you're given something with more meaning than your very self, how prepared are you just to let things go and walk forward? Well, do you know, Ian... Do you know the interesting thing about all of that, I thought from Jonathan's reading and writing today on that topic, it got me thinking about how um, over the years I've worked with my colleague Willie McPherson in the work of the Vine Trust. Now, Willie would come up with ideas about, you know, get an example of maybe taking one of the boat, getting one of those boats to take a boat, to, you know, over to over the Atlantic and up the Amazon. Now, the problem is that in those early days, our board, our Vine Trust board was me, Willie, and the other minister in Bowness, and, and believe it or not, my session clerk, who was a really good guy, right? But we never had a business plan. You know, there was nobody sitting down saying, what's the business plan? How is this all going to work out? Let's see how it's going to work out. Where's the cash flow? Where's it, where, where are we going to go? You, 
it's and I think that's the point. You step out in faith, and as you go, the resources appear. It's Jonathan. I think it's not that Jesus was saying, "Go and, and don't 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 get any resources." It's the resources will come from the people you're working with. That that appears, and I think that's the problem with too much of our growth and development in 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 getting projects off the ground. Everybody's wanting a business plan. But, but, then but then there's also the whole thing about, though, you can take that a bit, so I, I sometimes feel um, a bit too far in a way, mm-hmm. and that you just expect that God's just going to provide. I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, so what are you going to say, Jonathan? I was going to say that um, I think that that's an interesting thing, because the, the whole idea of trusting that God will provide has been a very, a very prominent part of a couple of the, the, the of initiatives within LARGS particularly and Millport in the last few years. Obviously Millport has just opened and just opened last year a brand new building <coughs> um, at a cost of 1.1 million pounds um, on an island with 1500 people and people were saying how on earth are you going to get the money for this? And we trusted that God would provide but we knew that that wasn't going to be something where we just clicked our fingers and the money would magically fall like manna from heaven. We knew that just like um, you know, just like in, um, in what was last Sunday's lectionary reading about the about praying for the workers to reap the harvest in the field, it's about sometimes we are the answer to our own prayers, and it's about God gives us the, gives us the skill set and the inspiration to know how to actively seek the resources we need and to actually play our part in, in making that possible. In, in Lags, we opened up a, an initiative called the Living Room, which uh, is, is, is de- based in Lags Town Centre. It's, it's, it's a drop-in where people can come to help have help with bereavement and poverty and general issues surrounding anything that could, if you leave it unaffected, could have a really adverse effect on your mental health. And we applied for funding from various places and we were very, you know, we were successful in getting that. But at the information evening, the first question I got asked was, what happens if the money doesn't come through at this point? And I, and I, and I said that night, we, we will trust that God will provide the money. And that very night, that was the exact words that one of our... Um, one of our neighbouring denominate, one of our neighbouring congregations. That was the, exactly what they wanted to hear. That they wanted to hear that we were putting our trust in God to provide what was needed, and that was. And then, and then they came on board with us and have journeyed with us, um, you know, going forward. And you know, so the, the the living room has a very bright future. But it was because we trusted that we would mm-hmm. get the money. We weren't going to just sort of say, no, it's not going to happen. We better not. We were. It's about taking risk, but it's about knowing when that that risk has ran its course. And it's time to maybe reevaluate where you are. It's very much, you know, that whole thing about praxis. It's about reflecting where you are and knowing where do you go from here. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's actually admitting, nah, it's not working. It's time to move on to another, 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 another um, expanse of water. Mm. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Matt knows all. Of, Matt knows all about that when he's singing a particular song and he's thinking, do you know what? This isn't going down very well. Mm. <laughs> I need to get the next one up. Yeah, you don't vlog a dead horse. No, man, it's tough. Like music, um, music is a business that relies on having a bit of faith. You know, having a bit of, but a lock about everything. But one thing I I try to instill with artists I'm around and I've instilled myself is like, if the if the money dries up or the the perceived um, fandom of what you have dries up, like, do you still make music? I, I made music since I was a boy. I, 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 music's been my, my obsession. Ian's known me my whole life since I was like small. So, so for me, like you know, and that that that's what with yourselves is like that's what faith is. You know, it's there no matter what the situation. Mm-hmm. That that's how it works. You know, it's like it's not something. You know, it's funny when people ask you like, "What, what do you think?" You're almost sitting thinking, "Well, you should know." Like that's that's how faith works, man. It's not about asking questions; it's about knowing. And your heart of hearts, like, that's what's that's what's happening. That's the right thing. That's I how think, music I has to go. Absolutely, I love that. When you say the music's always there, there's a sense in, exactly. But you could have paraphrased that. Jonathan could have said, "God's always there." Yeah, and that's the point. It's that God thing that that inspires us so much. That when we're going through, when everything else fails, God is still there. I can still, yeah, and I'll still sing my songs. You know, I think Neil McLennan's listening in here. Neil, you've got that lovely, I know your favourite verse, isn't it? 
it's that verse, you know, when when there's nothing left in the in the barn, you know, when 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 I'm I'm, I'm flat broke, it doesn't matter. I'll still praise God. Yeah, Do you it's from that, your quote. It is. It's one of one of my favourite verses. Certainly, it's Habakkuk three. Um, towards uh, towards the towards the end. Um, and I'll just. Uh, I'm sitting in the dimness, and to, you, you're all kind of subtly lit for the for the evening midnight hour, and I'm also sitting in darkness. <coughs> means I can't read a jot <laughs> of anything. Um, but if you give me a wee second, I shall. Uh, you can hear the authentic pages. This is this is these are real pages, by the way. Yeah, I'm really no iPad. Amazing. No iPad going on here. Although I'll find it quicker with an iPad. That's for sure. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. I feel your pain, Neil. I'm looking up Habakkuk myself. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? While we're all looking up Habakkuk, can I just say something that I thought was a brilliant line? And I think Matt, as a songwriter, will appreciate this. And your and your writing today, Jonathan, you said. How many people do we allow to live in our heads rent free? I know, I th- that got me. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent line, Matt. Somebody living in your head rent free. Mm-hmm. I, need to right. make, I need to make a confession here, guys. That was, actually, that was actually part of an Alpha course video. Right. And it really stuck with me for that very reason. It was that idea of, it, 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 and that's lived with me ever since I heard it. And I thought, that just sums up, and there were so many people at that Alpha Course night that you know, really resonated, that word, that line really resonated with them. And I was thinking about this passage about shaking the dust off your feet and moving on. There, there is that, you know, we were talking about the things we're not prepared to let go of in terms of, you know, our comforts and our resources and things because we don't want, we feel vulnerable without them, like our phone and, our, and, our, and all these other things. But also, we, some, we don't want to let go of things sometimes we don't want to let go of people who are actually really bringing us down and hurting us because uh-huh. we almost feel that we have failed <clears throat> because we've said I'm walking away from it but in fact it's a sign of utter strength to say do you know what I'm above this and I'm going to go forward and I'm not going to let anyone bring me down do you know I'm absolutely right and I was talking to Linda Pollock today about this who in, in the in the cafe and Linda was saying that if you go and look at the actual um the the phraseology in 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 that part of the Eastern world, people still use that phrase to yeah. shake the dust off your feet. But it, it's it's not that you're <clears throat> it's not that you're actually seeing it in a, a in a way to condemn the other people. You're just saying, do you know what? This is not working here, and I'm 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 out of here, and I wish you'd well, but I'm not going to be hanging about here. I'm shaking the dust off my feet, and I'm moving on. Matt, do you get much of that in the music industry? Oh, definitely. Like, but it's it's really hard to it's really hard to let go. And I'll tell you what, it's really hard sometimes to stand up and call out people because it, it, music still works very much in a hierarchy. So it's like the fear of like, well, if I say what's right, but they disagree, is that me? Is that the door closed? You know what I mean? Is that mean? I mean, I don't have that problem. I mean, you know me. I've said I say whatever I say, and the door has been closed in my face a few times, but um, I keep kicking it down because I, I just believe that when you do the right thing and you you believe in what you believe, no one no one can fault you that. And uh, what was it? It's right. It's a great phrase. If you stand for if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. For everything, absolutely. And I think to to touch on what you were saying, you know, like holding on to negatives. Um, I, I deal with a lot of uh, people and a, a lot of issues with mental health and music and. That that in itself is important to anyone that has mental health issues. Is like sometimes you start to believe that you almost hold on to your anxieties and your depression because it's become safe. It's like you're safe. It's what you know. It's now you. So it's like this is the safe place to be. Is feeling that way, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying to think. Well, what you you almost define yourself by it, right? You start to think like, well, what am I without those things? And 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 that's something. Like again, when when race comes up later, you know, like what if if you remove race from someone, like what 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 defines you? Um, and all all of those things in life, all of the things we have in life, all all the categories and all of those things make up who we are. So sometimes to remove one feels like terrifying because you're, that's removing part of your construction, what's made you mm-hmm. you to this point in life. Mm-hmm. Just so much so. I mean, it just 
uh, really, really good, good things to think about um, I was saying this week. that I was at the 16th, the one to <coughs> come and carry on. Um, and it was, you know, the journey, you know, so it was like thinking about, um, you know, the Israelites have arrived mm. at Mount Sinai. But then it was like, or was the journey just beginning? Um, and for me, actually, this this was a really personal one, you know, because it was the like was there an easier route? You know, I was thinking about you know because I was telling you about how I've had to be really patient this week, yeah. but also I think in like my whole journey in like ministry, I've been thinking about you know there's been times whenever you think, oh, I wish there was an easier route. You know, actually, I could quite easily go back to the way things were before. And, you know, whenever, you know, I had the security and I was comfortable. But I think as well, like, also this, I, I, there was quite a lot of people commented on this one. And I think it's because it was really speaking to where, you know, we've been at for the last 10, 12 weeks. Yes. You know, people were just really, I think, would have loved to have went back to what was comfortable and there has to be an easier route especially you know do we have to be in you know lockdown for so long um so that one i thought that was a that was a really powerful um uh, day for me that one um as well as today's um that there was a lot of people had responded um you know had made some comments i had seen so i Aye, because you think, but then it's like we go, doesn't it? The journey's always continuing, you know, there's always like a new, fresh beginning, no matter what the situation is. And I think that's interesting, Jonathan, you also ended that, that, that reflection by saying, by picking up that phrase, that there was a sense of contentment that the Israelites had got, had got to a point, and they said, Everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Of course, they didn't. But uh, the point was, the intention was there. Yeah. And sometimes in that time in our lives, sometimes we do intend to do the right thing. Yes. Uh, that, that passage really spoke to me this week, in le very much thinking about what I was saying at the very beginning of when you were asking how my week had been. I think that as we are preparing to come out of lockdown and churches are, are, are either trying to work out, are they opening in phase two, are they opening in phase three, some are waiting to phase four. You know, one of the things which we very quickly established and thankfully a lot of people have agreed is the way that we have been doing worship just now online has got to be a continued part of how we <coughs> do ministry in the future. And there is that temptation that when the buildings opened up, you just go, well, thanks for joining us in Zoom. You know, for those who have joined us, thanks, see you later on. And just go back to going into the building and, and going back to Egypt, you know, where everything was comfortable mm -hmm. and, you know, there was no hassle. And, and, and there will be a number of people who, as we try to, to work through this sort of hybrid of blending online worship with physical worship as the numbers slowly grow as you know we move through the phases there will be some who that will not be comfortable and they'll be saying why can't we just go back to the way it was we prefer it that way and and one of the things which we that we have learned i think um, laura you hit the nail on the head when people throughout lockdown have said why you know we just want to hit a massive rewind button and go back and forget that any of this happened but one of the things that's come out of this time is the amount of love and compassion and care that people have been able to pour out in communities across our lands and we would never want to lose that and it's about when we it's sometimes we think when we move forward there is always a cost but sometimes in going back there are huge costs as well and it's about trusting that god will you know but we're saying earlier, god will provide god will lead us in the right way that the, the cloud of fire and the pillar they were in front of us. They don't sort of turn around and say, right, I'll give you the way back to Egypt. No, God's saying that's the way. And, and it's about and it's about him saying, let's trust in that. And as the Israelites have got to a point, you know, God's got us this far and we're doing all right. See if God tells us to do something. I think we'll give it a crack and see how we get on. And it's about oh. trusting that people will continue to do that as we navigate this, this wilderness that's before us as we try to navigate worship in the future. Mm. Do you know, you're, you're, you're talking about going back to Egypt reminds me, sometimes we end up talking about songs in this chat. Another song, Ian, from a, a, a songwriter, Christian songwriter will be back in the 70s, Keith Green. Oh, yeah. And, and here's an album entitled, So You Want to Go Back to Egypt? 
and it's a, he's got an album and a song about that as well. Uh, and it's uh, just, you know, a lot of piano playing and all that kind of stuff. But uh, interesting, the uh, lyrics, uh, uh, Keith Green is, it uh, doesn't, let me say, just say this, as a Christian songwriter, he doesn't miss the wall. He just, you know, he says it like it is, you know. Which is a nice little link into Matt's song called Retro, which is about looking back to an extent, but Matt will yeah, tell you. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's just take a wee break. We can come back to some of the, we can come back to the, some of the, the stuff as well that we've been looking at some of Jonathan's stuff because it's been so good, Jonathan. People oh, have really well, enjoyed it. <clears throat> I've really enjoyed writing it. So it's, it's been it's, it's been one of the it's been one of the great pleasures in lockdown to have that space just to to actually write something and not constantly as Matt's saying you know last week I I think the term I, the term I coined was I'm zoomed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm zoomed, love it. So can we play? Are we able to 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 play the video? Or I don't. Yeah, know. do you want to say something about it before we play it, Matt? You want to yeah. introduce it? Yeah, this is the, the latest song from Brown Bear Retro. Um, it's just really kind of retrospective. I was thinking a lot about um, the past and it's funny because it came out uh, about three days before we went into lockdown. You know, and it was just like everyone was thinking about nostalgia. And uh, I'm, I'm 28 now, so I'm at that age where you're starting to look back and go, what have I done so far? Where did I go from here? Um, you're reflecting on what how your childhood was and, and how it made you the person you are now. And sometimes we wear those kind of rose-tinted glasses and think of the past as amazing. And uh, that's not the case. And one of the lyrics in it is, um, was something that I kind of realised leaving school, you know, like I'm mixed race and uh, I'm half black and half, I suppose in many sense half African. And But my education of Africa in school was that it was poor and that we needed to send help and it was educated and it was this, it was pity this, pity that, pity that. And when you get to your 20s and you start to read and you start to open your mind, you realise that you've been taught your whole life that you're poor and you're worthless. And when we teach things about Africa like that, we're telling people that they are, everyone from Africa is those things. Because and, and often when we teach something about Africa, we're teaching about someone really poor. But as Scots, we would be really offended if the only thing we ever taught was, say, abject poverty in Inverclyde or Easterhouse. And that was the only thing we ever sh- were shown as. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't celebrate the positive. So I, when I was thinking, I wrote that lyric, like, um, how can you say you love me when you taught me to hate myself? And that's like a lot of the song is like about how, and that, and that reflects on everything. That's the same for women uh, and how magazines have presented them, for, especially throughout my childhood. It's very stereotypical. It was slim and blonde. And it, it had this idea that any sort of weight was a bad thing. It was a, a poor feature. And that's not true because becoming all different shapes and sizes. So, um, there was like it's funny that's the funny thing about songs you've got three minutes to try and express every every thought in your head <laughs> it's like, uh, and uh, hopefully I, I kind of did a bit of that in that song well i think it's a great song it sounds really good if we uh, i mean listening to it and zoom will not do it justice but uh, hopefully people will, will download it and listen to it Thinking about the old days Remember the dial up tone The chat to some old flames Mama waiting on the phone And now I'm reminiscing split screen We were playing on the 64 Then we'd head to the arcade We're trying to beat the highest score And I've been praying For something special But I keep waiting 
how people responded to the video yeah it went down really well you know it's um it's obviously a challenging and video in a sense but it was great and, and gordon that plays my, my manager in the video is just an amazing guy an amazing actor and um it's funny when I was watching back there and he's putting the, it shows you videos work. It was such a tight schedule that the makeup artist had actually left by the time we shot the last few scenes. So he, someone was just like, we don't have any paint for Gordon's face. And I'm like, oh, someone's like, I've got toothpaste in my bag. You can see him squeezing <laughs> out, trying to make it look like paint. And, uh, but yeah, like it, it was, it was received really well. And, um, it's always, it's always an awkward one when you start to make a video and, and I'll go to the team and say, you know, this is what I think we should do. And, and whenever it's like challenging or race related or anything like that, it's always a bit of a, I don't know, I'm scared. I, I mean, I'm always nervous before it goes out in case people re respond badly, but it's, it's, it was taken well and people kind of respected the, the message, which is nice. I think it's, see, whenever like the, 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 when you're being authentic, I think that is when people respond, I think positively to that, Mm -hmm. you know all the time you know whenever something's authentic they're just you know they'll embrace it and they'll you know they'll they'll get into it mm -hmm. um it's it's when i think whenever people are you know they're, they're playing at it that's whenever you know i think you're a bit yeah. i know what you mean it's that way because it's like i i find myself whenever you know maybe if i've, I've think i'm going to be doing a, a sermon or a reflection that's potentially you think oh, I don't know how this will go down. You know, you're, you're maybe challenging in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel then whenever it's authentic, you know, and they know it's from the heart, then, you know, people will, they can be challenged, but they'll they'll maybe, like, look into things a bit more. They'll Absolutely. So, yeah. Bye. I mean, I must have seen it a, a dozen times anyway, and I keep getting new slants and new ideas from it. I mean... There, there's a whole thing about you know the kind of native makeup, um, and the white man puts on the native makeup, yeah, and walks into an empty room. I, I think I think for us we, we were trying to show that um, quite often in, in life and in, and especially in music, uh, companies and managements kind of try and steer you down what they believe to be the path, and, and they try and take away authenticity. So at the beginning, they're they're forcing me to be a, a comedian. They're like to have a, a, a guy go, go, go funny about it and. I just want to go up there and play songs and be myself. Um, and then at the end, obviously, he realises, well, there was actually more money in him and authenticity. Because it's a, and that's a, that's a story for the industry. Is like it's all about short-term gains, but that's that's killing the long-term industry because they've invested so much into overnight pop stars. We don't have any superstars, and so you know when when we're doing videos, there's a lot of a lot of levels, and then obviously we try and work through things like the signs. Like obviously it starts like you know make that money, and then it's urban, and and that's something you come across a lot in your career as a, a mixed or black artist. People use the word urban, and what they mean is just be blacker. You know, it's like a really subtle way of saying like of describing blackness in in terms of entertainment. That uh, for some reason they think that we won't understand. You know, there's that kind of like arrogance of uh, seniors and companies that they think that you won't get what they think of you. So we, we really wanted to show our awareness of uh, both ourselves but our situation when we were making this video. 
Yeah, I, I like this lyric. You keep on coming back. You know, I've been praying for something special. You know, mm. um, but I keep on um, is it um, waiting for something retro? Yeah. You know, and I, I think maybe in the light of everything that's happening with Black Lives Matter, your song is actually a kind of prophetic thing. Mm. Maybe you were something special has happened. And I wonder if there, there is a, a watershed is happening that people are thinking more deeply now about all of this. And I know I have, as, as, as I was saying to you earlier on, as a, as a white man, I've always looked to myself as a, a, a liberal white in that whole area of, I, I'm certainly not prejudiced about, about people's colour and all that kind of stuff. But then I, I've been reading more and thinking more and listening more to uh, people who know about all these things and then I've been realizing I've been brought up with them I've been brought up with uh, a great advantage Mm -hmm. you know and therefore I don't know what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes and because I I and and it caught me thinking about Burns where he said could some power the gift to gears to see ourselves as others see us and I thought with some pair of the gifted gears to see ourselves as black people see us, mm-hmm. you know, and that might change the way we understand because yeah. we don't listen to what how people see us. Yeah, I think I think it's um it's it's obviously a difficult subject, but for the majority of uh, the Western world, you, we've never had to listen to uh black america or black africa's voices we never we never had to like we're all in lockdown and we're confronted with it for the first time we can't escape you know before we could just go that doesn't affect me that's not you know and and a lot of people have come to me in this time and said what do you what do you make of this kind of thing and and i keep trying to say like i wasn't born with knowledge because i was black or half black like I, i had to learn but i realized very early on that um my education was through a white gaze and through the, you know, history is written by the victors, and 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 when you when you see it in Scotland especially, we've sat here in ignorance in this country, like despite having sugar sheds and tobacco warehouses and ports and like the names of slaves, slaveries and slavery all around us, we've had this um, we have this horrible habit of kind of ah, not us, it wasn't us, and or worse, you know, like it was England, it wasn't us, don't, don't. and um. You know, um, I had a, a very, I've had a very good upbringing for this because of the mix. But I'm Scottish, you know, and I, and I, when I say things, I think I think sometimes it's easier for me to have the conversation with some people because I'm saying it as a Scot. I'm saying, well, I personally think it's shameful what we did as a Scot, and I don't think shame is something you you should shy away from. Um, mm-hmm. and, and equally, like you know, neither is privilege. And, and myself, I've had privileges in life. I, I grew up uh, in the west of Scotland. Uh, I grew up in Britain. I've, I'm mixed race, I've got light skin. So people's approach to me is so much easier than someone with dark skin. And, and, and within race, that's the thing, within race, there's issues that come worse for people who have dark skin. There's the perception mm-hmm. of them being less beautiful. Uh, they're more intimidating because it's maybe less seen. <clears throat> so we all have privileges it's just being able to understand and accept them and not seeing them as an attack um, and I, I was so lucky that my mum who's a minister she's the minister for Anne Bank in Turbolton and uh, you know she was black she, she was born in the 60s uh, and she's just gone through life as a, a fiercely proud woman and it's someone like for this show that you should have on at some point like being a black minister I imagine she's maybe the the one of the only black Scottish ministers and certainly the only black Scottish female ones. So I need to get her on. To that, get that's her on. A, that's an important <laughs> never get a word on edgeways. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like listen man, it's like it, it's an education and it's gonna take time and it's and it's important to to always be able to open yourself up and to be able to talk about it. And you know, even earlier, um somebody said something about the nitty gritty and it's like understanding that a phrase like nitty gritty, well the nitty gritty was the job of having to go down to the bottom of the boat and lift out the dead slaves to throw them overboard. So understanding even where our modern language is and delved in itself within oppression and slavery. If you think about 
for for the religious sector, for Christianity, for the Bible, the the reimagination of everyone in the Bible is white European, which just wouldn't have been possible at the time, and it's never been updated. It's been addressed. You know, people are aware of it, but we've not updated things to say. You know, at those time, that time in history, they would have been further resemblant to black people. And I, I know. Yeah, in, yeah. In my, I, I would say in my, in my dissertation, I, I'm, for for my theology degree, I was writing about how the image affects our perception of biblical narrative. And in mm -hmm. that, I was talking about how so many artists portrayed the characters of the Bible as white European, some even going as far as to paint Jesus with blonde hair. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you said, where did any, you know, where did this come from? And it's that, you know, it was the idea of, it was, you know, almost being, it was almost where the artists were almost like painting to their audience rather than being authentic and saying, well, what, what would history tell us? I think it's always important to remember that everything throughout that time um, was done with the intentions of heightening the Western world. So the, we, we were trying to have our stamp, it was like from slavery to colonialism. So yeah. all of that was done as oppression. Like even, even the spread of much of Christianity through Africa was done against really the will or the need of those people. Yeah. And it's something, again, it's largely unaddressed, but mm -hmm. And it's not to say that there hasn't been advantages or pros or cons, but to ignore that history, I think, to me, to me, reparations are impossible. How, how do you backtrack money or wealth? But the best reparation you can have is a, 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 an apology and an understanding of your history and how you got there. And so much of the wealth of our country and the churches are built on the backs and the bloods of African slaves. And, 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 and I, had a, I had a Google, for example, about Church of Scotland and slavery to see what they'd done themselves. And there's just so little resource for it, you know? And um, you, there's a lot of talk about modern slavery and how you tackle it. And for me, you, you can't understand modern slavery until you understand your part and how you, how you revolutionize the slave trade. Absolutely. Um, and that's a tough, a tough conversation to have. It's not an easy, an easy one to have, you know? There's lots of tough conversations as well. Um, the idea that the Scots and Irish were slaves is an, often thrown out as some sort of undermining undermining way to say that well we went through it through too and that's just not true they, they weren't treated well um, they were indentured servants but they weren't slaves and it's important that we embrace the right narratives and not through the gaze that's been given to us by western media and me media has such an effect on on everything and uh, it's going to be really hard to unlearn it because we even for me you know when i was in school the civil rights was taught very much as Martin Luther King was a really good guy and Malcolm X was terrible. And that's just mm. not true. That's just, Malcolm X was so, so important to that community and to that thinking. And, and by the end, he'd, he'd moved very far away from his militant views, mm. but it doesn't suit the narrative. It doesn't suit the narrative of history. Uh, and until we start to unlearn the false narratives and relearn them as they are for good or bad. And that, by the way, it has a hard place for black people because we have to understand that if there's white guilt, there's black shame. And we had a big part in slavery. We had a big part in protecting parts of Africa by exploiting other parts. And we were trading our own people for commerce. And um, so everyone has a, a, a big part to play in the sealing process, but the only way to do it is through education, in, in my opinion. Totally agree. Mm, absolutely. And honestly, and asking questions and getting having having the opportunity in in forums like this, which is is about inquiry and asking and honesty mm -hmm. and uh, seeking to uh, listen. Uh, and, and again, I think that's what, at the heart of all this is, is our, I believe that we're all made in the image of God. And totally. in Christ, there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, but we're all one in Christ. And the, uh, when we start stopping to think about that, that's quite a powerful statement that Jesus came to speak to people about, uh, about who we, who, what makes us who we really are. I think Matt, you said something about when we strip away everything, you know, it's not whether I'm a black man or I'm a white man, what is, mm -hmm. or a woman or whatever it is, what is, where is our identity? Yeah. And, and, and um, I think that is the big question about identity. In, in our personhood and it's tied in with the identity of God. And, I think in a, and in the a, heart of that is love. 
because mm -hmm. if we don't have an identity that if our identity is not based on love then we're not a person and we don't have any love love is what gives us value and love is what brought us into being mm -hmm. yeah and, and that becomes the very heart of understanding who we are i think it's important though to touch on that um to be able to remove things like black or white it's not about removing it now. There's a lot of people online, and, and I'm sure in your congregations and, and for all of you in your friend groups, who are saying things like, I don't see colour and let's just take race out of it. I know. But I, if you put it in, the, if you take, I always, whenever I try to think about something, I always take it out of the situation that I'm tied to and I put it somewhere else. And if we said tonight, let's remove class, poor people wouldn't be rich and the rich wouldn't be less wealthy. It would just be hiding what has happened to the poor. Mm -hmm. So if we remove race, we're just hiding what's happening to some races. We need to be able to not just tolerate them, we need to celebrate them. To you could tolerate anything. If you put mushy peas, I don't like mushy peas, you put it in my plate, I could tolerate it. That means I want to eat it. So like just saying that I tolerate black people, well, it doesn't mean you want to live next door to them or you want to, you want to love them or respect them. So mm -hmm. we, we need to move to a point where we do see colour, but positively. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. to pretend we don't is ignorant. I mean, if you're, if you're sitting saying, I don't see colour, man, you're, you're fooling yourself. And you need to take a long, hard look at why it is that you can't see colour. Why it is that it's so hard for you to see that colour. Because it's not, it's not some sort of enlightenment or forward thinkingness. It's, it's, it's kind of ingrained ignorance. Mm -hmm. um, the ability to celebrate every person as the individual they are is the true place that I think we should be in. And I'm sure as Christians, like, the whole point is like God made you in his image, but like, we're all different. So all of, it, all of your images are his image. And with that, you have to respect each and every image that you see. And um, mm -hmm. if, if that's not where you are, like, you have to deal with that. Like, and that can't be like, it can't be a, a black problem. It's like a lot of people are saying, like, talking to black people about white privilege is like, well, that's, that's your thing. I, I've been called a lot of things in my life. And I always say, like, I, I know who I am. I, I, I'm fiercely proud of my heritage, but I don't define myself as be as black, just black. I, I'm proud of the fact that I am. I don't define myself by it. If you take that away, I'm Matt, I'm a musician, I'm a friend, I'm a son. I'm all of the things that make me me. So if you see me as black negatively, or you have a racial word that you would use to, to say that, 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 you need that, you know what I mean? That's what you need. So if, you, if you're saying that person, you're colored, mm -hmm. uh, you're black this, why can't I say this? You need to figure that out. That's, you, have to under, you have to figure out why you need that, why you need a negative thing about someone else to make yourself feel better. And Mm -hmm. When you address that, I think that's when we, we start to move forward as, as people. I was at a conference in, in 2016 in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was, uh, it's called, it was Next Church, which is um, the PCUSA. Um, and mm. it's, it's about, you know, when we stopped ripping the church apart about human sexuality, what other things were we going to talk about? And one of the, and in that, um, the, there was uh, the, one of the, 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 one of the first uh, sermons we had was, um, there was a, a woman um, came up and said, and she was talking, the whole, the theme of the sermon was all about racism. And she compared it to uh, the, the children's book, We're Going on a Bear Hunt. And she was saying, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. We can't go around it. We've got to go through it. And that really resonated with me, and 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 I think that's it's not about skirting around the issues. It's about it's about you know accepting that there are things which we don't know, and it's about like we say, it's about being prepared to relearn and not to see things through a particular lens. Um, and and I think that's I mean I'll I'll be honest. I think that I think some people may think that my silence in in recent events has been because of, of ignorance or because of um, or because of um, that I don't agree. It's because I don't know and I don't want to pretend that I know. But it doesn't mean that I'm not trying to learn. And uh, and, and I think that's really important. I think that is right. And I think that's why I have we have we've had a discussion about this in in our. Um, in Sanctuary First, our, 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 our worship team, because we wanted to talk, respond to Black Lives Matter. But I, I, we had said, all of us said, we don't want to do it until we find the right opportunity for that to happen. And it's happened very naturally just now with Ian and the relationship with Matt that we have. And also it's happening in Sunday again with Scott Harmon again. And that's not a contrived thing. Scott has been a writer for us in Sanctuary First. And he's now uh, living in, in that situation. So it's not that we're jumping on a bandwagon, but it's like, it's like, I think if you're honest and faithful about something, these issues will come up naturally. And that's 
I think that's when we pick them up and, and talk about them. It's not that we shouldn't talk about them at other times, but it's just so that you do it well. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because before I was a minister, my family ran a frozen food business. So we used to, our whole life was spent supplying and, and building relationships with the Asian community. And, the, and, and you know, my dad um, spent a lot of time in the 60s um, when a lot of the, when the Asian community was really starting in Glasgow and you know, has journeyed with them throughout a lot of, um, a lot of the, th the issues that they have faced in the time that they've been in Glasgow. Yeah. And I came in complete, again, came through school and came in completely ignorant to it. And my dad said, the only way you're going to learn what, is to listen to people's stories and to listen to what they've been through and to, and to not rely on what other people tell you. Let them tell you. And it's through that that not only did I get to understand more about Islam and Sikhism, I got to learn about life. And, and that was a huge part of what allowed me to feel able to articulate a call to ministry in that I felt I had the, a bit of a life experience and an underpinning to, to embrace other cultures and to, and to be able to listen to other people's story, which I think is the underpinning of what we're, we're we've all got a story. And I think we've all got to listen to that, not through anyone else's lens, but through their own lens. And that, and the, the encounters you have then are transformative, and 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 can transform us, as well. Absolutely. I mean, and that 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 just doesn't only go for race, but it just goes for relationships. You know, with people. How often? I mean, you think of it. Take even at the church level, do people and ministers put somebody in a box and say, "That's I know what they're like. I know what they're like." And you know what? We don't know because we've not really listened to them. We've not really sat down and listened to where they're really coming from. You know? I talked about putting you in a box. Maybe, we, maybe Mrs. G should listen into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She'd been wanting to put you in a box for a while. <laughs> She's asked me if I would be available to do the necessary if it happens. I said, no problem, Joe. Just you give me the ring. We'll say nothing about it. <laughs> we we'll ship him off. <laughs> so listen, Matt. Any what's coming up next? What's have you got a tour coming up then? To was that planned with this? Say, is, yeah, with yeah. This? We had we had some shows planned, but um, a few got cancelled and once been rescheduled, and we still don't even know if it'll go ahead in October. So we just have to wait and see. But. Um, I imagine we'll just get to work on the second record and tour next year, I guess. I don't know, but um, I, I'm, I'm trying to work on a few things just now. I work on a, a writing for other people and um, I'm doing some video work and to just work to do with short films and stuff like that. And uh, next week I'm actually scoring uh, my first short film. So like I've, I've, I've got my finger in too many pies, you know, and I'm... I'm producing uh, old middle-aged men. I'm trying to produce Ian Jimson's album, but it's hard work, man. It's like... <laughs> Honestly, if, if you think if you think Joe's got it bad, try being in that session. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I'm also, I don't come off it, Matt. You love it. You love it. I do. I do. You love it. I I know. In fact, I I wouldn't want him to hear this, but I'm quite sure he's had a wee bit of an influence in some of your music as well. Ah uh, yes, and Robbie. Um, Robbie was involved in the the creation of retro. Like so, it's like we've been we've been working for a long time together. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm doing that and just as much as I can to do with um. And I, I don't really see it so much as Black Lives Matter over here. You know, I think we've got to take that opportunity and, and turn that into what uh, race means in Scotland. And I've been talking to some people about um, how we move towards a national slavery museum or a national museum of uh, human rights. Uh, and, I, and I'm talking to an MSP in Greenock called Stuart McMillan, and we're trying, to, we're trying to put together a case that it should be in Greenock, um, where the sugar sheds and the tobacco factories are. Uh, yeah. And the boats left and, and went up and down the Clyde. That's where it all, all came into. So, um, and I think it could be a, an amazing thing for Greenock as well, economy-wise. That's obviously been hit really hard, um, especially with COVID. So, um, the, that that in itself could have a lot of healing for that part of the country. Um, so, yeah, but that's going to be a long, a long, a long discussion and a lot of a lot of back and forth. But I hope it's something that can come to light, and I think it's an important step for us. Yeah. Well, listen, we, we, it's been great talking to you guys, and you're all based down in Lars in Ayrshire. And no, it's a takeover. I think there's just so much 
for us uh, for Sanctuary First wanting to make these connections with people because I think uh, creatively there is so much we can do and uh, what some of our vision for Sanctuary First and where that is going and we hope that there's going to be room for guys like you to be involved with what we do and uh, helping to shape and it's great like Jonathan you've contributed this week and hope you'll continue to be able to do that and continue to have an influence and an input into the work that we're trying to grow and develop this actually first uh, and because uh, our, our whole one of our big aims is to try and connect with the artists and to bring the artists back into church and I'd love to see us uh, you know being able to see uh, a whole revolution in the music church music we need uh, if we're going to see the church renewed, it's going to happen through worship. And if worship's to be renewed, we're going to have to bring the artists and the musicians back into church. And if we're going to have to bring the artists and the missions back into church, how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they hear without other artists and musicians connecting with them? Mm -hmm. A bit like it says in Romans. No, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. I think I think we need a there needs to be a, a resurgence in creativity within the church, and it's and it needs to be beyond the spoken word. There are so, you know there's 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 so many opportunities, and and this is the time for us to you know Tom Rayner's talked about the the empty slate. You know this is not a pause button. This is a reset button, and it's about. I was when people have been saying about resetting church. I've always compared it to reinstalling church. I remember the days when your hard drive got full with Windows and you, you, you wiped the hard drive, you reinstalled the operating system and you thought about which programs am I, am I going to not put back in again? The, Aye, dreaded, exactly. the dreaded CompuServe discs that you used to put in, which would clog up every ounce of hard drive space you had. You, you, you knew which bits am I going to keep and which bits am I going to leave behind? And I think that's where the church is just now. And if, I, if, if, if there's opportunities to be involved in something like that, I'm all for it. Good. And I'm hoping that we will get you involved and also get Matt involved and get this whole, there's a whole network of those people who want to, to see change happening. And uh, we want to be with you to be part of that change. And uh, if Sanctuary First can support you, Matt, in some of your ideas, we're here. So, yeah, and uh, I'll maybe get you writing some of the prayers one week. That'd be cool, getting some, some prayers coming in from you, some reflections. Um, I don't think I'm the guy for that, but... Oh, you can hit Mandy up. She, she's, she'll have cues them. I'll get your mother. I'll get your mother. I think we'll get your mother up for it, will we? Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. It's a bit like the union, isn't it? You know where the where, where the work divides. You know, she does the praying, you do the singing. That's it. I, <laughs> I do the avoiding. <laughs> Great. Well, listen, guys. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, can I remind you of some of the things that's coming up? Uh, anything you want to talk about just remind people about Laura uh, coming up this week uh, well we have well, we've got a service on Sunday uh, Sunday live at um, 3 o'clock um, we also have the um, the virtual cafe is um, in the evening we've had it in the evening for a couple of weeks now on a Tuesday and a Thursday night. Um, so we've got that for another few weeks. Um, so it'll be good to, to get some more people coming in. They're, they've been quite lively the evening uh, slots. Right. Had some, I know that the guys have had some music in and it's uh, we've got you know a European kind of feel as well because we've got a few people coming in from Switzerland. Um, so I think there's good banter. <laughs> there's good banter in the Tuesday and the Thursday nights. And there's gyms, there's gyms, there's gyms, there's gyms, jam, jam sessions. Uh huh. It's on in the Friday afternoon at three o'clock, and it's on um, Facebook. You can get into that via the cafe as well. Um, it's really great. You know, they've they've got a good um, the the music. Um, it's you, you get a different different vibe every week. Uh, so it's uh, really, I think the audience for that's grown now that people are, are finding out about it. It's like a wee, a wee gem there, a wee music oh, gem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, listen, guys, uh, it's now time to let you go uh, and uh, go back in whatever it is you're going to do this evening. But thank you for looking in, those of you who have been with us looking in. And uh, for those of you who will watch the replay, uh, thank you for doing that. And until next week. We'll be back again at the same time, 9 o'clock next Friday night. God bless. Take care. God bless, everybody. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.